Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 49 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And guys, in today's episode, it won't be super long today. I'm, you know, we haven't had really too, too much news, but we will talk about Jordan Addison, 2021 Blenikoff winner. He will be taking an official visit to USC, which was kind of rumored ever since he did enter the transfer portal after he left, um, Pittsburgh and then we'll then we'll talk about during the NFL segment of today's episode we'll talk about some some little signings that have gone around in the league and then we'll talk about the full NFL 2022 schedule which will be releasing Thursday night now I am recording this Thursday afternoon ish around like four to five so I won't give you all the whole rundown but I will make sure to give you all all the important matchups that you will be expecting during the year and then to finish off the episode we will be talking about Angel's rookie left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers who threw the first single pitching no hitter this season just you know it wasn't a combined like the Mets had earlier on in the year we will talk about that kind of his uprising to the Angels and getting that no hitter on Tuesday night and then we will talk about Robinson Cano who is signing with the San Diego Padres after being designated for assignment last week by the Mets so guys I really do hope y'all enjoy today's episode and before we do get started as always I do want to make sure first that y'all please make sure you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the cover seven with the Mason Pierce podcast at cover seven with the Mason Pierce as always both links will be down in the description and I hope y'all have had a fantastic week we finally made it to Friday we finally are kind of wrapping down winding down however you want to word it and I look forward to a really exciting weekend of sports. I mean, whether it's baseball, NBA playoffs, and everything like that. So for our only college football news of today, this will be regarding former Pitt wide receiver and 2021 Blinikoff winner Jordan Addison. Now, Jordan Addison, he just got off of an official visit to Austin during this week. He was visiting the, the Longhorns. Now, he just announced on Thursday that he will be taking an official visit to USC um, during this weekend. So... They were kind of the betting favorites to land Jordan Addison after it had been reported that apparently USC and Lincoln Riley and boosters were offering him some huge NIL deal that you just could not refuse. Like, I mean, if you refused it, you're probably insane, upwards of $3 million in value. So be shocked if he does end up committing to the Trojans during this visit or if he actually decides to take a couple more visits, enjoy the whole recruiting process again as he wasn't super highly touted coming out of high school and then possibly end up having a 360 and committing to UT because in my opinion UT is equally as appeasing as USC considering they they have you know Bijan Robinson who's pretty much the best running back in all of college football Xavier Worthy who's probably going to end up being one of the best wide receivers in college football this upcoming year just got off a freshman all-american season last year so and then on top of that they got five-star quarterback Quinn Ewers I mean don't get me wrong Caleb Williams is a better quarterback you know by any means but I do think you know UT and probably all the booster money they're going to offer him he's not going to it's going to be really hard for him to decline Texas but also USC will probably at least counter that same offer if not give him a lot more benefits than he would going to UT but besides that that's really it for college football I mean I really wish there was a lot more to talk about there just hasn't been anything noteworthy I guess you could say um that's really it besides I mean nothing's really escalated in the whole Jordan Addison's you know era besides he is taking actually an official visit to USC now so at least we do know that you know, USC was kind of eyeballing them, I guess, if you want to say, but nothing less. Let's get on to some NFL news, guys, and we do have quite a few one-year signings, 
And we actually do have one trade that did happen during these past couple days, and that was between the New England Patriots and the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders, they don't have a they don't really have a solid backup anymore. Marcus Mariota walked in free agency and ended up getting signed by the Atlanta Falcons on a two year deal. So they needed someone kind of to fill that backup role, and they pretty much did this with this trade. So they went out and spent a sixth round pick to get Jarrett Stidham, the former Auburn quarterback who he was okay in college I'm not gonna say elite but it was definitely had some NFL potential if you want to say that with the, with his size and everything but never really panned out with the New England Patriots a lot of people thought that he would have been the starter last year if they did not pick Mac Jones in the first round because that's pretty much everyone's assumption was hey Jarrett Stidham's gonna get at least an opportunity even though they did re-sign Cam Newton to that I think it was like a one-year 10 million deal Obviously, Cam Newton flunked. Mac Jones took over and then pretty much is going to be probably the long-term starter for the Patriots. And Jared Stenham never really did get a chance. So maybe in Las Vegas, if things go A-wire with Derek Carr, which they won't, but they'll at least have a role. I guess you could say a decent backup in Jared Stenham. Nothing too impressive, but was really the only trade and big trade news that we've had over the past couple days. Now, now, since we are talking about the Las Vegas Raiders, they actually did make a pretty decent signing. The Las Vegas Raiders went out inside wide receiver Keelan Cole, the former Jaguars and Jets um, wide receiver. Now, if you don't know who Keelan Cole is, there was a clip going on or going around about 2018 where he made this amazing one-handed catch against the New England Patriots. Like, I'm talking acrobatic type catch where he jumped up like 15 feet in the air, one-handed it, almost did like a cartwheel type thing, and it was really cool, and I think that's what kind of got his name out there for the most part, but he has been a really reliable wide receiver three and two, so the Raiders, who obviously they do need a little bit more help at the wide, wide receiver position, I know they have Brian Edwards, I know they have obviously Devontae Adams, the huge acquisition they got in the offseason, but it doesn't help to definitely get a veteran like Keelan Cole and add to your roster. Now the next news we have is regarding the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the Colts, they did lose their offensive tackle, Eric Fisher, to uh, free agency. I mean, he didn't really perform like they hoped he would, considering he was a first overall pick back in, I think, 2013 to the Chiefs. So, th things didn't work out. Luckily, it was only a one-year deal. They let him walk. Now, they did need to get kind of a replacement for that position, so the Colts went out, and they went out and signed offensive tackle Dennis Kelly, the former Titans and Green Bay Packer offensive tackle, to a one-year deal. I like this personally. Dennis Kelly was really good with the Titans for a long time. I know he dealt with some injuries towards the end of his tenure with the Tennessee Titans and during Green Bay. He just never really got that much playing time. But I do think he could be a reliable starter for the Colts if he does stay healthy because, once again, he did prove that with the Titans a couple years back, he was really solid with guys like Taylor Lewan, who's currently the Titans, I think one of their longest tenured guys on the offensive line, and has been consistently really good for him. So, in my opinion, this is a really solid signing for the Indianapolis Colts. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Chicago Bears, and these next couple of news will actually be regarding the Chicago Bears in the wide receiver, wide receiver position. They let Allen Robinson go. They never really had anyone besides Darnell Mooney. They had Marquise Goodwin, but that never really went anywhere so they needed you know to find someone they didn't really address it in the draft they did they tried to do it last year getting guys like Daz Newsom, which I think Daz Newsom still has potential to be good but obviously they need more proven starters Darnell Mooney will probably end up being a great wide receiver don't get me wrong but they need help because Darnell Mooney no offense is not a wide receiver one in the NFL so they actually went out and made a couple 
decent signings, in my opinion. And the first one they made was signing former Giants and San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Dante Pettis to a one-year deal. Now, Dante Pettis was a phenom when he was at Washington. I mean, he was mostly known for his kick-returning ability and, I mean, his speed and quickness. No, he was still solid at the wide receiver position. He was, if you know who John Ross was, the former Cincinnati Bengals first-round pick who also came out of Washington. Their play styles are both very similar, very quick, good, you know, great finesse type guys, and are both really good on special teams. So I think it will be something good for the Bears to have on special teams, especially. But also, he is a veteran. They can probably use him in the slot. He may be even the outside. And not a horrible signing. They did get him cheap. I don't know the exact number, but I know that it was probably one to two million at most. So decent signing for the Bears. And then they also got another wide receiver. And this wide receiver is former Titans wide receiver Tajay Sharp. They signed him to a one-year deal. I never really knew what happened to Tajay once that he once he did leave the Tennessee Titans because I remember watching him back like two to three years ago with him and Marcus Mariota. And I think towards whenever Marcus left to free agency and got injured and then ended up getting replaced by Ryan Tannehill. You know, he was really solid, like probably one of the more better wide receivers in the whole league. And then I guess injuries or just I, whatever, whatever it might be, he kind of just slipped under the rug and never really heard from him since. So I'm hoping he might be able to re revitalize his career in Chicago, especially the fact that they have, you know, the young, young quarterback and Justin Fields who they drafted in the first round last year, who, Obviously needs a lot of help on whether like offensively wise, maybe not the running back position, but he needs some more offensive line. I mean Chicago, this is your franchise quarterback, and you're not gonna go out and I mean spend the money you need to spend in order to better better his I guess production on the field. And the only way you're gonna do that is by getting him more wide receivers, more offensive linemen, and better coaches in my opinion. And I think they did do that over the, over the off season, but. Offensive line is still a huge hole that needs to be fixed for the Bears, but nothing less two decent wide receiver veteran signings for the Bears. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, they actually went out and addressed the whole linebacker position. They lost Foye Olalukawan to the Jacksonville Jaguars, which that was a huge hole. I mean, they still have Deion Jones, but, I mean, he hasn't really... I don't know. For some reason, he just doesn't seem to have as much of an effect anymore. Now, don't get me wrong. He had 137 combined tackles last year with two sacks. So, obviously, he's still very solid. But it just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's the same Dion. And then the fact also the whole Dante Fowler experiment when they signed him to that huge contract a couple years ago after he kind of had an amazing little half season with the Rams. They ended up releasing him, and he went to go join the Dallas Cowboys. So they needed some linebacking help, and they did get that in former uh, Raiders linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski, who was a former West Virginia great linebacker. I loved watching his highlights back in the day when I was younger. He, he's he's okay. He's average. Nothing huge, but it does at least kind of thin the, the, thin the huge hole that the Atlanta Falcons currently have on defense by getting another veteran. I know when Vegas signed him last year, or I think it was, was it last year or the year, but it was, yeah, I think it was last year. When they signed him last year, they expected him to instantly be a starting, you know, their starting middle linebacker alongside Corey Littleton. Now both are released and gone from the team. So once again, I'm hoping that this, you know, him coming to Atlanta, new fresh slate, not really any high expectations. Maybe he might be able to revitalize his career as well, same as Tajay Sharp, considering the fact that he will at least have one of the best linebackers in the league next to him in Deion Jones. So, anyway, that's it for the, like, news news, like, regarding signings and trades and all that. But we actually do have some pretty interesting news 
if you know what I mean. And this was regarding the Buffalo Bills and the Carolina Panthers. Now, you're probably wondering, why the heck would this be between the two teams? This is regarding the new NFL schedule. Is this you know, a new primetime game, international game? No, not at all. The Buffalo Bills are actually trying to improve their team even more than they already have. And they apparently reached out to the Carolina Panthers about trading for star running back Christian McCaffrey. But Carolina ultimately you know, told, you know, Buffalo, uh, absolutely not. He is not available for a trade. He will not be available for a trade for a long time. Now, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey is currently on a huge contract and still is suffering with a lot of injury issues. Now, I know the fact that they drafted offensive linemen in this year's draft. They went with North Carolina State's standout offensive lineman, Akeem Ekwanu, and that was a really solid pick because I never expected him to fall down there. A lot of people thought he was going to end up gone you know, end up being gone in the first four or five picks, especially with the Giants who needed a lot, and I mean a lot of help at the offensive line position. Ultimately, the Giants took Evan Neal, the tackle out of Alabama, so that allowed the Panthers to, you know, ultimately get that offensive lineman that they needed, who, in my opinion, Akeem was one of the more physically gifted linemen out of this whole draft, so getting him was huge, and I think this might help Christian McCaffrey because we all realize the whole issue behind Christian McCaffrey getting injured all the dang time. And that's simply from the fact that he has no O-line. He has to catch the ball out of the backfield. He has to run right up the middle where he gets creamed about 97% of the time. And then also add on the fact that he's also getting killed on the outside when he is receiving the ball because the linemen aren't, you know, pulling or doing what they're supposed to do, you know, on their assignments. So, I want to see. I still want to see Chris McCaffrey succeed in Carolina. Obviously, they went out and got Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, who looks to possibly be their future at the quarterback position. I mean, he's the third-round pick. Worst comes to worst, things don't pan out. They don't have to worry about it. They don't have him on a huge $37 million guaranteed contract like they would if they if they got him in the first round. So, you know, it was. Now for Buffalo side. That would have been huge because you got to remember Josh Allen and that whole Buffalo Bills offense is a super well-balanced offense where they can kill you in the pass game, but they can also kill you in the run game, whether it is Josh Allen taking off hurdling over, you know, six, six, three corners or anything like that, or just, you know, simply being the beast that he is. And then also they have Mike Singletary and all those really, you know, Zach Moss, the former Utah Utes running back. If they had gotten Christian McCaffrey, and then not to add on the fact that they already have Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, who absolutely showed out in the AFC um, Divisional game. I mean, that would have been an absolute deadly offense. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think Christian McCaffrey will eventually get traded because that huge contract that he has, and especially if he ends up getting injured and out for the rest of the season again, which I think would be like the third or fourth consecutive year that he is out for a huge extent of games during the season. Carolina's going to want to get rid of that contract because it's not the talent's not there. We all saw it at Stanford, and we all saw it during his first couple years in the NFL. The talent is beyond there. It's just a matter of he cannot stay healthy, and I don't really think it is Christian McCaffrey's fault. Now, I do think, yeah, it is his fault because he got injured. It's his body, yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, Carolina has never really tried to address the offensive line position fully. You know what I mean? They released Trey Turner, or they tried, sorry, they, yeah, they, no, they released Trey Turner a couple years ago when he then he ended up signing with the Chargers, which he was one of their better guards. I mean, he had five Pro Bowls with them, for heaven's sakes. Now, I know obviously it wasn't the same, but still, veteran guy, pretty solid. They had no real reason to. And then not to add on top of that, 
he kind of left him with a bunch of young guys who, no offense, were not really that great, and that's why he's gotten injured these past couple years. So hopefully, Carolina takes the right step in the you know the right direction by getting Akeem, and they can truly better that offensive line and allow Christian McCaffrey to truly have that Hall of Fame career that he was projected to have just a few years ago. But nothing less. I'll quit rambling about that. But yeah, the Buffalo Bills—they went out and tried to get Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that blows my mind. Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and Christian McCaffrey all in the same offense. That would be probably one of the most versatile and deadly offenses we've probably ever seen. Now, the next news we actually have, guys, is regarding Russell Wilson. Now, no, he did not get injured. No, he's not having a breakout practice or anything like that with the um, Denver Broncos. As you all know, he was traded from Seattle to Denver, I think, about a month and a half ago, two months maybe now. It's... Time's flying, you know what I'm saying? But he was traded for, I think, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three players in total, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. You know, huge blockbuster trade that kind of kick-started this whole crazy offseason we were having, you know, with Tom Brady coming back in retirement, Tyreek Hill getting traded to the Dolphins, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. It was something we have never seen before in the landscape of the NFL. It was just absolutely insane, the amount of blockbuster trades we did have. Now, as we all know, the NFL schedule, it released Thursday night. Now, obviously, I'm recording this a little bit before it does officially release, but we already have had a lot of leaks via Twitter, Instagram, just websites in general. Even some of the NFL teams are kind of teasing some of the games that they will have. And apparently, the Denver Broncos, they will be traveling up to Seattle and taking on the Seahawks in week one on Monday night football so yes Russell Wilson will not make his Broncos debut in Denver he will not be making it in another town he will be making it in the city that that where he built his career and legacy so it's I think it's funny that his first game in a Broncos uniform will literally be at his old stadium that he pretty much you know he raised banners at you know what I mean he raised that Super Bowl championship he raised you know those those NFC championships. I I just I think it's really funny the fact that I mean we all know why they did it because that's going to be must watch TV. And also another thing I was kind of thinking about, and I mean y'all can think about it too. Do y'all think Seahawks fans are actually going to boo Russell Wilson in his first game back? I don't think they should because in my opinion Russell had every right to ask for a trade out of Seattle. Seattle's management, their front office constantly would just ignore his request for better offensive linemen you know not even not even better wide receiver because they went out and got DK Metcalf they had, they drafted Tyler Lockett years ago you know they've had solid wide receivers and everything but they never seem to be able to consistently keep a decent O-line and that's what Russell wanted because if you've watched any Seahawks games especially that Commanders game last year or just any Seahawks game for that matter, Russell Wilson was practically having to scramble for his life every single down. And I guess Seattle didn't realize that until last year, but Russell Wilson was pretty much already done. He was already trying to recruit Bobby Wagner with him to the Broncos while they were still in Seattle. So it was kind of one of those situations where I think Russell just felt, okay, you know what? You're not you're not taking me serious. I'm supposed to be your franchise quarterback, but you're not taking my opinion seriously. You're not trying to listen to what I what I'm saying to improve this team and allow us to be able to go run back for more championships because remember he won a Super Bowl in only his second season in the NFL and then he and then he went back to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years I know that was the, the famous 
you know, pass on the one-yard line. But regardless, you know, they still made it to the Super Bowl. They still won an NFC championship, even though Green Bay botched that game. But, yeah, so Russell Wilson will be taking on the Seattle Seahawks, which we already knew that they were going to be taking on Seattle. It was already in the, like, because they released the teams they'd be facing a couple months ago. But they will actually be facing each other week one up in Seattle. I can't wait to watch that game, too. And now the fact that we have Troy Aikman on ESPN, it'll make watching Monday Night Football a little bit more tolerable, too. So, But anyway, now let's actually talk about the whole NFL schedule, you know, the 2022 release. Now, do not get butt hurt. I'm only talking about the games that are genuinely, you know, noteworthy. I'm not going to talk about the Lions playing the Panthers in week 14 or anything like that I'm going to talk about the holiday games I'm going to talk about the primetime matchups for the most part that are definitely much watch TV I'm going to talk about all the um, week one matchups that we've got going on and you, you kind of get the gist of things I'm not going to talk about the you know week 17 blow-off games but anyways let's get started on this list now for the first game of the season it will take place on Thursday September 8th at Los Angeles with the Buffalo Bills taking on the Los Angeles Rams at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. This will be a really good game. Josh Allen going up against Matthew Stafford and the Rams. The Buffalo Bills' deadly offense going against the Rams' deadly defense. This should be. This obviously is a great primetime matchup to start off the NFL season. And I definitely look forward to this game. Most importantly, it finally will have a Thursday night game worth watching, you know what I mean, not a Cincinnati versus Jacksonville type game, don't get me wrong, Cincinnati had a great year last year, but I do think we need more interesting Thursday night games if we're going to end up watching it, now for Sunday, September 11th, these are all the week one matchups, I'm not going to you know, go into full extent about them, but I will talk about them with the last one being the most notable, we've got the Saints and Falcons taking place at 1pm, we got the Patriots and Dolphins taking place at 1pm, we have the Ravens at the Jets at 1pm, the Browns at Panthers at 1 p.m., the Eagles at the Lions at 1 p.m., Steelers at Bengals, Jaguars at Commanders, 49ers at Bears, and then for the final 1 p.m. game, we have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Houston Texans at Houston. Now as we get into the midday frame, for so the 4.25 p.m. Eastern time frame, we've got the New York Giants taking on the Tennessee Titans at Tennessee, the Green Bay Packers taking on the Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Los Angeles Chargers at 425, as I already said. And then we have finally the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Arizona Cardinals at 425. So that is it for the 425 frame. Now that Chiefs and Cardinals game is going to look really good because you have two solid offenses with, I guess you could say, subpar defenses playing each other. So expect some old school Big 12 50 and 50 games. That's going to be my personal favorite of week one now. As a Cowboys fan, this will be my favorite game of the week. And so the nighttime Sunday night football game will be between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Dallas Cowboys at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC. So this will be a rematch of last year's season opener between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, which was on Thursday night. So at least it will be on Sunday night now. This will really be a prove-it game for the Cowboys and see if they are legit competitors Going into this year, obviously, they traded away Amari. They let Randy Gregory walk due to that whole contract situation. This will really be a prove-it game for Mike McCarthy and that whole coaching staff. Hey, you know, are these Cowboys really ready for this year, or is this just a rebuilding year so we can get ready for the 2023 year when we find your replacement? 
So, and obviously this will be another prove-it game for Tampa Bay. Are they still legit contenders? Contenders even after getting Tom Brady back from his quote-unquote retirement. So that's going to be much-watch TV again. And I'm not just saying it for every single game, but I still do think this game will have the most impact going forward into week two. Now, the Monday night football game, as we just talked about, it will be the Denver Broncos at the Seattle Seahawks on 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN. So that will be Troy Aikman's debut on ESPN and should be a really solid game in my opinion we'll see Drew Locke for the first time in a Seattle uniform taking on his former team the Denver Broncos and then we'll see Russell Wilson in the Denver Broncos uniform taking on his former team the Seattle Seahawks now that is it for the most part but we actually do have one week two game that is in my opinion the most notable and that is between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on Amazon Prime. So this game will spe- will only be on NFL or Amazon Prime. I don't know exactly if it will be on um, NFL Network because they've kind of done that where they've had it on Amazon Prime, NFL Network, and I can think another little website. But, yeah, that will be really, you know, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, their first matchup of the year. So definitely be a must-watch game. Now, for that following Monday on September 19th, we will have a Monday night doubleheader, which will be between the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. And then right after that, we will have the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Obviously, the Titans and Bills game will probably be the most notable and probably the one that's most watched. No offense to Eagles and Vikings fans, but I do think Derrick Henry going up against the Bills and then Josh Allen going up against the Titans, those are always really good games to watch. Now, for that following week in Week 3, on Monday, September 26th, we will have the Cowboys playing in New York at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. So, Cowboys, their first Monday night football game of the year which should be a pretty good game in my opinion. And then on Sunday, October 2nd, which was already revealed, um, the Minnesota Vikings will be playing at the New Orleans Saints in London at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on NFL Network. And then as we scroll down and we scroll down and we scroll down and we scroll down, it's just you know, the occasional every, you know, every single normal you know, Thursday, Sunday, Monday game until we do end up getting to Thanksgiving games. Now, as you all know, the Lions, they control the um, first game of Thanksgiving Day. The Cowboys follow, and then normally the last game of the day is kind of, I guess, whoever fills in. So we finally do get the full schedule for Thanksgiving. The Buffalo Bills will be playing at the Detroit Lions at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on CBS. And then right after that game, we will have the New York Giants taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. And then the final nighttime game on Thanksgiving will be the New England Patriots traveling up to Minneapolis, taking on the Minnesota Vikings at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time on NBC. So the Cowboys might finally win a Thanksgiving game. As you all know, they lost back in 2019 to the Buffalo Bills. I forgot who they played in 2020. I know in 2021 they ended up losing to the Las Vegas Raiders in a heartbreaker. So hopefully the Cowboys can finally win a Thanksgiving game. The Buffalo Bills seem to constantly find themselves in the, in the spotlight during these whole, and I mean, they're pretty much in every single primetime or majorly important game, which obviously the Buffalo Bills are one of the most sought-after teams right now considering all the improvements they made to their roster. Now, guys, as you all know, 
the NFL stepped up this year regarding Christmas and Christmas Eve, and boy, do we have a great amount of games on Saturday, December the 24th, a.k.a. Christmas Eve. So I'm going to go down the list and name them all to y'all. The New Orleans Saints will be playing at the Cleveland Browns 1 p.m. Eastern time, and then following that, the Buffalo Bills will be playing at the Chicago Bears at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then these these times were not announced yet, but these are matchups on that same day. The Detroit Lions will be playing at the Carolina Panthers. The Washington Commanders will be playing at the San Francisco 49ers. The New York Giants will be playing at the Minnesota Vikings. The Houston Texans will be playing at the Tennessee Titans. The Cincinnati Bengals will be playing at the New England Patriots. And then the Atlanta Falcons will be playing at the Baltimore Ravens. And then for the afternoon game, we will have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington at 425 p.m. Eastern on I'm guessing probably Fox. That's normally where the Cowboys end up playing their afternoon games. Maybe CBS, but I would imagine it will probably be on Fox. Now for the Christmas Day slate, we officially have all the matchups. In the first matchup, it's kind of interesting. The Green Bay Packers will be traveling down to Miami to take on the Miami Dolphins at 1 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. So... I knew it was already rumored the Dolphins would be getting a Christmas game or a holiday game. I think I said I thought they were rumored to get a Thanksgiving game last episode, so I do apologize. They will be getting a Christmas game instead, and it will be against Aaron Rodgers and the new Green Bay Packers. And then immediately after that game, we will have the Denver Broncos traveling over to L.A. to take on the Rams at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on CBS and Nickelodeon. Don't forget, this game will also be on Nickelodeon. And then the final game, the nighttime game, it will be between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing at the Arizona Cardinals at 8.20 p.m. Eastern on NBC. So, guys, that does – well, that no, that doesn't wrap it up. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to lie. Once again, on New Year's Day, we actually do have NFL games considering it is Sunday. And I'm just going to list off all those games to you all. The, the Chicago Bears are playing at the Detroit Lions. The New Orleans Saints are playing at the Philadelphia Eagles. The New York Jets are playing at the Seattle Seahawks. The Indianapolis Colts are playing at the New York Giants. The Pittsburgh Steelers are playing at the Baltimore Ravens. And then finally in the afternoon game, we will have the Minnesota Vikings playing at the Green Bay Packers at 425 p.m. Eastern time. So, guys, that will wrap it up for all the most notable games. So you've got Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, the first week and two, first week, week one, two, and three, the Thursday night, you know, normal whether it's Saturday, Monday, all those games. So there y'all go. That is the NFL's 2022 schedule release. Now we do have one more NFL news, and this is actually regarding the Denver Broncos once again. And this is not any good news, Broncos fans. This is probably just something that you really didn't wish that would happen. So former Denver Broncos 2020 first-round pick Jerry Judy. He was actually arrested Thursday morning by the, and I'm going to completely butcher this, the Arapahoe County Sheriff's Office. Now, apparently he's being arrested for second-degree criminal tampering with a violence enhancer, with a domestic violence enhancer, which I personally don't know it. I don't really know laws and all that that well. Now, he is being held without bond and is awaiting an appearance before a judge, which most people are thinking will probably end up happening Friday morning. So right now, he is currently still in a holding cell. And according to Sheriff Tyler Brown, he said that there was no physical contact during the domestic disputes. That is a good sign, at least for Jerry, who's currently being booked right now. But we really don't know the full, I guess you could say, 
situation right now, but the woman who made the complaint apparently against Jerry Judy was described as being in an ongoing relationship with him. The couple has a child together, and apparently Jerry was holding property from the woman, including a wallet, a car seat, and paperwork that apparently belonged to the child. And the woman was wanting to leave the residence and couldn't because she couldn't access the property that Jerry currently had, which was apparently allegedly locked in his vehicle. Now, none of the property or anything like that was destroyed, but it is kind of not something good you want to see because apparently Alabama wide receivers as of lately have been dealing with a lot of issues, as we saw, unfortunately, with Henry Ruggs in his DUI situation that he had last year, which I'm not going to talk about that too much. If you really want to look it up, you can look it up. But it doesn't really, you know, it's not, I mean, it, this isn't the worst thing possible. It doesn't seem like he, you know, physically hit her or anything like that. It was just a domestic dispute. So hopefully he won't suffer any consequences because it doesn't seem like it's anything to, I guess you could say, noteworthy. But we do not know the full story yet, so I'll make sure to keep y'all updated on Monday when we do come back. Because by then we should at least know the full story regarding the whole situation with Jerry Judy. But anyways, guys, that is it for today's NFL news. I'm super I'm super hyped that the NFL finally decided to make a lot more entertaining primetime games this year versus last season when it kind of just felt, oh, they're just trying to fill in the holes. This year should definitely be a really exciting season for the NFL. Now, we actually, like I talked about in the beginning of the episode, we're going to be beginning some MLB news. And our first news is regarding Angels rookie left-handed pitcher Reed Detmers, who actually threw the first single pitcher no-hitter this season against the Tampa Bay Rays on Tuesday night. Now, in case you don't know, Reed Detmers was drafted by the Los Angeles Angels in the 2020 draft in the first round, 10th overall. So very, you know, Highly sought-after prospect for the Los Angeles Angels. He actually made his debut in the major leagues on August 1st of 2021, which was the Angels taken on the Oakland Athletics. So, I mean, he really was only in the minors for not even a year. So, you know, very talented kid. He throws a very nice slider and four-seam fastball combo, which he's done very well. And his stats so far in the 2022 season, he has a .6 war with a 2 to 1 win loss ratio and a 3.77 ERA. So not really that bad. He's actually had 6 games saved and 31 innings pitched with 20 strikeouts and a .839 whip. So very impressive stats for a guy that has not had that much major league, I guess you could say experience really, but nothing less on Tuesday he threw a no-hitter against the Tampa Bay Rays, threw only about 110ish pitches. So obviously very impressive and I just want to give a huge shout out to him because I did watch him a little bit when he was at Louisville and kid was a stud. You could tell from the start he was going to end up being probably an MLB great. So continue to make sure you remember the name name Reed Detmers. He could possibly be one of the best pitchers come a couple years from now. So make sure you just remember that name, Reed Detmers. Now, now about Robinson Cano, in case you don't know, Robinson Cano's kind of had a hectic career in the MLB to say the very least. He dealt with a lot of PED issues, got suspended, but ultimately in the time he has played, he was very good. I mean, he's a eight-time All-Star and has a career 302 batting average, so very solid numbers. He also has 335 home runs, so he's one of the better players of the past decade, but he had been struggling to start out the 2022 campaign as he currently has a negative .5 war with eight hits and only one home run on a 195 batting average. 
I mean, he has an OBP of 233 and a slugging of 268 and an OPS of 501. So, not really that great numbers. Now, he is, you know, 39 years old, so definitely he is up there in his career. I mean, he spent his first nine years in the majors with the Yankees before he went to Seattle and spent, I think, about five seasons in the past three seasons. He spent with the New York Mets before he was suspended the whole 2021 campaign due to PED use. So, but anyway, besides that, Robinson Cano is apparently expected to sign a deal with the San Diego Padres after he was designated for assignment, which also means, aka, he was released in MLB terms. So, kind of an interesting pickup for the uh, San Diego Padres. I mean, worst comes to worst, it's kind of like an Albert Pujols thing with the Los Angeles Dodgers last year. I mean, he plays average and, you know, just a decent bat because when he is on fire, I mean, he is on fire. So, nothing less. We got to wait and see how this whole signing goes out. But before we do leave, I do want to at least, like I said, give you all a round of a wind up of the NBA playoffs currently going on right now as we're currently in the conference semifinals. And right now, the Phoenix and Dallas Mavericks series. Phoenix currently leads that series 3-2 to two with game um, 6 taking place tonight, Thursday night. So obviously on Monday, we'll talk about that a little bit. Now for the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies series, Golden State currently leads that series 3-2 to two, despite Memphis absolutely blowing them out in game 5. So Definitely something interesting to continue to watch out. Even though Ja Morant is currently out with an injury, Memphis still looks like a very solid team. Now for the Miami Heat and Philadelphia 76ers series, Miami still leads that series 3-2. And then for the Milwaukee Bucks and Boston Celtics series, Milwaukee leads that series 3-2. So, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I know I enjoyed making it for you all. I hope you all like some of the matchups the NFL decided to put together this year. But before we do leave, I do want to ask y'all pretty please, you know, I don't I don't ever want to ask for money or ever ask for y'all to do anything more than y'all already do because y'all already support me an immense amount and I'm so thankful for that. But if y'all do feel like, you know, possibly joining my um, listening supporters on Anchor or simply just giving a follow or a like on Apple and Spotify, that would be hugely appreciated. It's only $4.99 a month on Anchor. I mean, it allows me to better the podcast and then continue to, you know, eventually work on some exclusive perks for the members. So, but anyway, guys, I hope y'all have an amazing weekend, an amazing Friday. Make sure you all accomplish everything that y'all want to. And also, make sure that you check out the official TikTok and Instagram. Links are down in the descriptions below. But anyway, guys, I will see y'all back here on Monday. Peace.